Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 25th of February, 2018. I hope you're all doing well and surviving the last gasps of winter across a good part of this, uh, this planet here. And, of course, like everything else to do with weather today, uh, the media hypes every bit of snow up as something that's brand new. We're in winter time, and they're giving names to, to snow falling, and they call them storms and things like that. As, and unfortunately, most folk have no memory of the previous years. Isn't it sad how easy it is to manipulate people's minds along certain agendas to do with global warming? <laughs> That's why we're freezing, right? And all this kind of nonsense, because it's all to do with control. Everything on the planet has to do with control. Media has to do with control as well. And even supposed, supposed alternate media is also to do with control. It's like, don't think that way, think, think my way. It's all ruptured and fractured. And you often find, too, there are certain groups who've been at this for so long, running the, the legal world, the illegal world, the legal media, the illegal media, all sides of everything, uh, that you have to be awfully careful about what you, what you take to even examine today. And if you examine anything, be very careful about what it says. A lot of it might be true, and a little... Five or ten percent might be the big hook that you meant to walk away with and start to parrot it with other people. This is how intense the psychological warfare is today with propaganda. But most folk never catch. I was thinking today, in fact, <laughs> that the Edward Snowden case, for instance, and they made the movie about him too, to show you basically one way or another, whether you like it or not, and no matter what you believe about the guy, because as soon as he comes out, you've got the NSA and other ones putting out information or disinformation, saying, oh, he's a fake, and so on, so on, so on, so That's not the point. The point, in, even in the movie, which is taken from, basically, interviews that he's given, pretty factual, true, according to the interviews he was given, they actually kept on track with the movie, basically. But the point in the movie was to say, how much of this are you going to go along with? If everyone accepts being spied on, especially those who are doing the spying and this massive spy industry where everyone's being monitored and watched and, and so on across the whole planet and mainly inside their own countries like the NSA's really and the CIA are in, into their own, inside their own countries massively. Same with Britain. It's to do with economics for the future control as well as the present and who controls everything. And again... What gets me is, is the incredible way that people behave. It's even in the movie where they have the guy's girlfriend saying she had nothing to hide when he's talking about she'd really be putting that up online or put it on your computer and so on. And she says, well, I've got nothing to hide. And that's a standard thing you'll hear. That was also in the movie The Circle, the big propaganda piece that's meant to uh, encourage youngsters to, to want no privacy. And as long as everybody else has no privacy too, it's going to be a wonderful world, all the usual utopia rubbish, you see. But that was in the movie with, with uh, Snowden. And whether you like it or not, or whether you want to believe or not, see, you've never been given, never been given a vote to accept the fact you have no freedoms anymore and privacy anymore. The governments of every country didn't come to any people, the public, and say, uh, do you mind if we take all your, all your privacy away from you? It was never asked. But in the movie version, 
and in the actual real-life drama, whether you like it or not, you were asked because now you know. And remember, silence gives consent, legally. So no one can possibly say they didn't know. They'll still go back to the old stuff. Most will. Oh, well, you know, it's so convenient. I've got all my friends there and, and likes and dislikes and stuff like that. And yada, yada, yada. It's so convenient. Do you realize that any tyrant done through history, they all used propaganda for sure. But they really used armies to crush their own people and other people too. If they only knew, even 2,000 years ago, when the Romans were still bashing around the world, and then from then onwards, if they only knew that if they just said to the people, you know, here's a points card, give me all your data information, and you get things cheap and you get two for the price of one, they'd have given every bit of freedom up on the planet. Just like that, without bloodshed or anything, like they're doing today. It's astonishing. It really is astonishing. All these convenience cards that they throw at you for, for the big credit companies given all your data, and they follow every purchase you make. And it's added on to the CIA and the NSA's personality profile. If you what you eat, and if, even if you cut your fingers, if any medications you're on, they pay for your pills with it all, all this stuff. Well, you get a discount, you get a discount, you get a point system. And they know everything they're doing. Every darn thing. And that's all any tyrant really had to do. Yep, you get points. But buy so many of this and you get points for it. Incredible, eh? No torture, nothing. <laughs> Just tell them it's free or get two for the price of one. Or it's cheaper. There you go. That's how simple. We could have avoided World War One, Two, and even the Communist Revolution. We wouldn't have needed it then. It's just so easy, isn't it? It's all been done. And the public themselves, who are monitored more minutely than rats in a cage and scientists watching them, don't mind. Well, I know they're modern, but really, what, so what, you know? And they're making it so impossible to exist in the world without a computer or your iPhone or whatever it happens to be that you're using. Because they're making everything paperless. They don't want to send bills anymore. I've, I've had it out with, with Bell Telephone and other ones too. As they, as they send the bills later and later, and they give you four days left to pay it. This is real, real bills, like physical paper bills. And you phone them up. Well, you know, you could pay electronically. It says, no. You didn't ask if you wanted to, me if, you, if, if I minded changing here. So stop prompting me into changing. This prodding is like cattle. It, it really gets me ticked off because that's what it is. It's deliberate prompting from, from the psychological advisors they have. I'll prompt them, you know, they'll get the message and they'll, and they'll, and they'll go electronic. Saves them all money, eh? So they get more and more profit. And how many folk do you know, including yourselves maybe, who save all your receipts for, and then your computer crashes or this crashes or that crashes? It's far better to have an actual hard copy there. But getting back to what I'm talking about, it's just astonishing how people are silent as they're told. We've got to spy on everybody, keep you all safe. And they accept it. They accept it. They accept, you know, pe- people and your ancestors fought and had revolutions for privacy from governments and government agencies. And that's all they had to do to get it all back. Oh, yeah, you get a point system if you buy this or you get two for the price of one. That's all they had to do. Undid hundreds of years of folk fighting for their rights. The hierarchy, this this mass of, of levels of experts that are studying us and managing us and neuroscientists and psychologists and behaviorists and all the rest of it, 
prompting you left, right, and up, down, and whole bit. It's astonishing. I'll buy your tax money. None of them ask for your tax money from you. You just pay it because you're afraid not to. There you go. There's freedom and there's your democracy for you. Last week I talked about the charity business. It's an industry. It's a massive industry. See, the old charities are long, long gone, where it was up to the people to donate if they wanted to. And then they managed to get governments, this was the scam, uh, to give tax money to these charities. Then it became an industry with their CEOs for for charitable institutions with their million-dollar paychecks each at the top. Forget charities. They're a racket. Everything today is a racket. The wars are a racket. Smedley Butler say the same thing, but they really, really are. A complete racket that you're not told the real reasons for anything happening. And everything that happens today, everything, with the mass so-called migration, which is really just as an army invading, really, from, from another, other countries, that's what you've got. Flooding countries. That, that's not immigration. All of that, and the fallout from all the wars they had planned years ago. And then you'll be all the blowback they get, too. And they want to encourage this across the world to the changing of all the demographics across the whole planet. They want this. They talked about it in the 1970s. Rockefellers talked about it. They gave speeches about the coming mass migrations that would come and change the face of the world in the 1970s. But who was reading that stuff except little guys like me? But they, they, here you go. You're living through it all. And you're being told absolute lies as to why it's all happening. Long before 9-11 happened, Britain, it was the target for mass migration. Had been since about the 70s, maybe even before that in fact, but definitely the 70s, they sped it up. And again, to change it, the, the whole face of the country. It was a big, big plan. You see it across Europe now. You see it in Scandinavia. You see a lot of the NGO groups right out front, leading it all, that came in from other countries, even different from the ones from the peoples they're, they're helping to bring in. You've got a warfare going on here, and it's a planned warfare with all of the fallouts and all of the perpetual, from, from then on, they said years ago, even after 9-11, get used to it, terrorism, get used to it, you're going to have that for the rest of your lives and beyond. Because they were bringing it in, and they knew they were bringing it in. There's not a single move made in this big chess game, there's not a single move made without layers and layers and layers of experts and the war departments and so on, and logistics, all working out what would the fallout be if we make this one move here, and they'll then come and make that move there, and blah, blah, blah. And they work it all out many times over, and now it's all done through computers and so on, before they make a single move. So there's nothing happening today, nothing. And I can remember even, even the, the, the reports they put out years and years and years ago about with the, the, the merging of Europe, and then opening the borders up gradually, which hadn't happened at that time to the outside world, but now they're flooding into Europe. They actually said that, that the people would flood in from the, the tyrants, the wannabe tyrants and mobsters from every country, crooks and criminals, would be the first ones to flood into the countries because they'd be on the run from their own countries. And it would be easy. They had lots of studies on this at the time, in the 70s and 80s even. And they said that they'd rush in because it's easy pickings in countries that had law and order, where the people accepted law and order, because most of law and order is from the culture itself. And that's what gave them a heyday in these countries now. I've been looking through the different papers of Europe 
and Britain. Britain's a good example, really. What I'm looking at, really, with all the different articles, is a failed state. It's bankrupt. Some are trying desperately, supposedly, to leave Europe and save something, but it's already too late. They've got so much debt that they owe. They've been socialists for such a long, long time, regardless of the party that was in, getting supposedly elected in, left wing or right wing, completely socialist. Massive welfare. That's why, again, so many have been flooding into to, to Britain for such a long, long, long time. They had articles in the 70s and 80s about the, the, the wonderful welfare system for immigrants coming in. They had lots of newspaper articles too where they interviewed stacks of immigrants and where they wanted to go and they'd all say Britain and they knew how much they'd get when they arrived and so on. So naturally, it was like an invite. Now that's deliberate. That's not happenstance. It isn't, oh, we'll get round to fixing it all one day. No, come on, come on. Whatever happens is meant to happen as planned that way. There's not a single politician... And don't forget what politicians do, and they compromise, and they lie their faces off to the public. The first thing they must do, the first law for them, is to protect themselves and government, the system, not the people. And so they just lie their faces off. Each single one knows, all, all parties, just making a difference who they are, they all know what this world agenda is. And they watch their own people suffering for years and years and years, Losing work as through their free trade deals and all the rest of it. And, and we saw that in Canada and the States too, as all the factories just were taken up and gone. I gave talks at the time as to why. And also went through the laws of the free trade and WTO, where we paid for the multi-move. <laughs> we paid for, for the uproot them and the transportation across and they're setting up in China. Did anybody ever ask you if you, if you minded to pay for all that? Did, did they? Did they ever ask you, if, did you mind you were going to lose your jobs? No. And you think you've got democracies. Who is kidding who? The Royal Institute for International Affairs, going way back to its inception, basically, and before it was called that with the Milner Group, they said they'd build a world order on free trade. But not free trade that you would understand. Free trade is about control of all trade, control of all money. And isn't it weird that they wrote into all their, their free trade agreements across the world through WTO and NAFTA and every other one? Isn't it weird that they said that, and the EU itself, the free movement of goods and services and labor across the world? Really? Do you really believe it is true that they can't get labor in their own countries? Do you really believe that? All this is to change the face of especially Europe forever. And the wars we've been having were, not, were never <laughs> what you've been told. I mean, people still can't fathom out what they went to war in Iraq for, or Libya for that matter, except for the fact it was on a list to be taken out by the PNAC group, and they haven't finished yet. But no one's explained why. Or going to war in Afghanistan either. Come on. For one guy in a cave, suppose. Well, come off it. Come off it. That's the rubbish we get fed all the time. And then again, isn't it amazing... As you watch these massive roller coaster memes at the start, and it's just flooding the airways, complete diversion from everything that's happening, and you're supposed to look at all the Hollywood starlets that have been abused. And there's hardly a one of them there. There's hardly a one. Not that I watch much of their movies these days. But, but what do you think you're going into Hollywood for? And they'll strip off for the camera. 
and they'll do their sex scenes for the cat, and they'll get big, big money for it. And I'm not saying it's okay for this, that, or the other, but lit- but no one is naive in this day and age. No one is naive, I hope. You've got most of the planet, and even supposed middle classes, and even the church going was stuck on watching the soft porn Fifty Shades of S&M, Grey or whatever, and all the other subsequent ones that have come out too. And at the same time, they try to tell you about abuse. The public really don't care. Because everyone is now contaminated with their massive dose of pornography for such a long, long time. This is a war that's going on. I read from the military magazine years ago, on air, the articles by the intelligence agencies who were writing in Parameters magazine for the U.S. military. And they said that the, 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 the techniques they'd used on their own countries in the West of pushing pornography and the, the music videos and so on with all the, the, the pretty well the porn and simulated sex, that's what they'd push on the rest of the world. Because it's, it's the best way to destroy them. Sex, to that extent, the women has been thrust upon the people, is a tool for control and destruction. First you destroy, then you control. For those who haven't figured it out. In this day and age, when they bring out all the sex stories, they can't even get people to feel bad about anything anymore or concerned. Because it's called contamination. That's what the communists called it. For those who don't know, communism had its heroes after the Bolshevik Revolution. Because they, had, they were a continuation of the Revolutionary Party, basically. And at the top of it was also to be free love. H.G. Wells was talking about it in the late 1800s. They'd force free love, and that would destroy the family unit and the rebuild society and all the rest of it. That was taken up by Wilhelm Reich, of course, and others as well, and forced upon the West. And then picked up by the fake psychiatry that was, was in its birth pangs at the time too. And then thrust upon the whole public again through the Frankfurt School and others as well saying that they would stop all conflict in the world by the destruction of the family unit and the destruction of the male, especially, in the family unit and as the head of the family. And it's been awfully, awfully successful. And today, look at all the countries today (laughs) across the world who put more and more women into the positions. At the same time, there's no coincidence that you're being flooded with cultures of completely opposing cultures, who literally are not coming in with happy thank yous for being there anymore. As we've seen already, there's just too much. They can't, the media tries not to show it all, but there's just too much out there when you see lots of angry armies coming in to the European countries and being awfully hostile, terribly, right off the bat, hostile. Well, that tells you what the future is going to hold there. And it's all intentional by those who, including your own governments, who are bringing them all in as part of the plan for those who haven't figured it out. They always say they'll never take you back to what was, especially once they've destroyed what was. (laughs) And that's what you're seeing, of course. I just want to touch on a few things, but before I do, remember you can buy the books and discs from Help Me Out at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website. You can get discs as well of a lot of the shows I've done. And there's a lot I haven't, I've done yet that I've actually done, but I haven't even put one of this yet, but I'll get around to it eventually, I hope. And you get a lot out of them, because I, I write in a sort of non-linear way. 
so that things can come together. You, you have so much information inside your minds already. And if you're reading this certain, certain style of writing, if you read it, things start coming together in a more natural, natural way that you'll never forget it once it, the penny drops, basically. You will see what I mean when you get them. Because I talked about it a long time ago, about the, even the creation of the, the non-man, non-woman scenario to the hermaphrodite type that we'd be pushed down in the future. And I was talking about that in the, in the 90s as well. It's an agenda you're living through, if you haven't figured it out. A very, very old agenda. And as I said, I talked about it even in the, in the 90s in a lot of talks. So you can help me out by buying the books. And just remember, to, you can simply donate and keep me ticking over at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. It'd be certainly appreciated. I never, I never mention it. I keep forgetting to even mention money at all. I'm not getting backing by advertising or anything. I don't really want it. Because once you get that advertising going, you're not your own master anymore. You're not. You're beholden to corporations and so on. And folk don't even know that the movement that was on the go years ago, and I saw the end of it coming, even when I came into it, I, I knew that there were big movements afoot to alter what was called at that time the real alternate media. That was awfully fascinating, awfully, awfully good for, for people to listen to because real experts, real scholars in, in specific areas were were out there at the time talking about real histories with, with the proof of it. And no conspiracy involved, all proof. And uh, they've all gone pretty well. They've all died off or been pushed off, actually. And there was a movement to push them off as well. And the lefty was something that most folk think is the same, but it's not at all. It's the opposite. In fact, it's, it's everything that the old movement was against. <laughs> it's quite so slick, so, so cleverly done. Uh, but the folk won't figure it out. Pretty sad. So anyway, you can buy the books and this and so on and help me tick along if you want to. Now getting back to what I'm talking about, how can you get people to even care when they're, when they're so contaminated? The term that Lenin talked about and Trotsky and Stalin and other ones, they've always used the same terminology. It means that you've been, and, and Bezmanov too, that came over from the Soviet Union, the KGB officer, who said that the, the cultural um, techniques they'd use for subversion inside, for instance, the States, Canada, and the UK, and so on, had worked beyond even their expectations. The massive sex, the destruction of the family, the abortions of, your, of your, the children, all, all that stuff that was supposed to be freedom. Isn't that amazing? All that was put down as freedom. The destruction of everything that was was called freedom and liberation. And sex is always pushed as a substitute for everything else they're destroying. Lots of sex, any fallout from the sex, mind you, the state will take care of it for you. And you start killing your own children. Think about it. What does that say about a species, us, us as a species? And what does it say when it comes to your, your own life being devalued as you go along with it? Well, you did that to them, so but, 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 why shouldn't you be demoted, you might say, for medical treatment down the road if you get older? What's so special about you? You see, that's, that's your humanistic technique that's been used, put in play. And the victim is always trained, often by the, by the, the fact they've compromised themselves. They've been trained to be the next victim themselves. And, oh, well, I guess it's my turn, okay. Exactly what UNICEF had with uh, Julian Huxley in one of his major talks, when he said, we, the revolutionary movement, must push man and humanity off the pedestal as a supreme being on the planet devalue their lives, in other words, and get them to accept it. Well, here it is. Welcome to it. 
welcome to it. And it's true enough, look at all the wars we've been in. A whole list was drawn up in the 90s, published by the PNAC group, and we've gone through most of the countries, not all of them yet, there's still a few to go yet, and they'll keep the U.S. military going all that time, and they'll keep the, the financial thing going for the U.S., as long as they keep fighting and, and taking out one country. After. Once it's done, they'll collapse the U.S. too. They won't need them. Everybody's used here. But look at the people that will be demolished across the world. Look at the countries that used to be, at least countries where folk could, could live in, in a, as much safety as they could. And they did have strong men in some countries in the Middle East and Asia. Strong men that could keep everybody else in check. Otherwise, it would be mayhem with so many competing groups and, and subgroups of ethnicities and religions. They've all been wiped out until you have chaos. Exactly what Kissinger said he wanted to see across the Middle East. And Brzezinski too. And there was destroy them until they're in the Stone Age. Until they don't even have a government left. And they could never get a government back together again if you keep arming all the different factions that are going to fight each other forever and ever and ever. That was the agenda. They published it in their papers. And the folks still can't figure it out. Hmm. So you can't get folk upset, as I say, about adults being forced into sex. Or how would you say it when they, when they, when they can still walk away? But what, why do they stay? Well, they stay for big, big money, especially in the movie industry, which has never been clean. Never been clean. Never, ever, ever been clean. Marilyn Monroe talks about it. In the, what, 60s or what was it, 50s, 60s? And she said, when she was asked in that big magazine interview she had before she died, now that she's wealthy, what did it mean to her? And she said, I won't have to get on my knees doing blah, blah, blah for blah, blah, blah. So don't, don't be all suddenly shocked. Are we so disgusting as a, as, as, a, as a species? We keep pretending we're shocked all the time. But you can shock people when they're contaminated. Brzezinski said it again. With all the sex, 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 nothing, nothing shocks folk anymore. And it's even, again, to the stage when they, they bring out the children, aren't you? Oh, look what they're doing to the children. And, and it's even harder now to get folk to even respond to that because we don't have children, uh, even their lives now, in a higher, higher level that they used to be, not with mass abortion going on. Think about it. Remember, what you do to these others, as I say, you're doing to yourselves. Here's a few things I'm talking about here. I talked about last week about the cons of the massive charity industry. There are massive industries with incredible pension plans and all the rest of it, and some of them are on their million pound a, a year salaries and stuff, some more actually. Charities, you know, and, and they work on a cloud, they're so they're holier than now nonsense, eh? And professional economists working with them and all the rest of it, and, and full time lobbyists lobbying government to get your tax money. And it says here, the former chief executive saved the children, resigned after admitting making unsuitable and thoughtless comments to three young female members of staff emerged on Tuesday. I would imagine it would be a lot more than just making comments to three young members of staff. And it says Justin Forsyth, who's now the deputy executive director at UNICEF, again that UNICEF, the, the same group that Julian Huxley worked for, the guy who also was up there with Planned Parenthood and mass abortion and so on. Anyway, apologize unreservedly to the women after sending them text messages commenting on how they looked and what they were wearing. I think it would be a bit more than just that, don't you? Hmm? It represents the latest scandal facing the charity sector after it emerged that the senior Oxfam staff, and there was two things that came out there. It wasn't just Haiti, but also it was in Chad as well, from for Oxfam. 
the paid uh, prostitutes while working in Haiti following an earthquake in 2010. There was more to it than just paying prostitutes. There, were, there was food for sex as well, by the way. Remember that thing, oil for food, that the, the wonderful holy United Nations was involved in? Wasn't it, wasn't it the director's son, in fact, at the time that was in charge of that food for, for oil scandal when they were, they, put, they were putting some food into the embargo to get into Iraq as they were starving them to death at the same time? Uh, they'll give them a little bit of food in return for oil. You think these are wonderful institutions, don't you? They're the most corrupt, evil institutions out there, as far as I'm concerned. And look at all the money from all the charities from Haiti that, that have just vanished Completely vanished. Millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars just vanish. And you tell her Clinton's charity involved. And even George Soros was in there too. Quite amazing. Anyway, Mr. Forsyth's resignation from Save the Children came just four months after Brendan Cox, a friend of Mr. Forsyth, and former chief strategist at the charity, quits following the separate allegations of sexual misconduct. This is Mr. Forsyth and Mr. Cox worked together at Oxfam, and later again as advisors to Gordon Brown in Downing Street. Mr. Cox, the widow of the late Joe Cox, who was murdered in 2006, admitted the weekend that he'd caused the woman hurt and offence. I'm sure there's a lot more to it than just that. I'm sure of it. It has to be. And then you get this one here. Eaton College calls in police over claims ex-headmaster went to parties. Swapping photos of naked children as new documentary exposes chilling scale of boarding school sex abuse. Well, that's true. That's been rampant in Britain forever, as far as I know. And don't forget that the perpetrators and deviants go for their target, whoever they're schools, etc. That's where they go. Or charities, or helping the children, and so on. Standard, standard, standard. But these private boarding schools, not where youngsters, especially the boys, of course, they're talking about here, are away from their parents. In fact, that was part of the, the British middle-class problem, was that young boys were, were, were basically often brought by nannies. The, the mum did, had a very little to do with them. And then they were off to boarding schools, away from their parents altogether. And so these perpetrators, the, the really deviant characters, would be the, the, the male figures, the father figures, who were in there to get the little boys. And a lot of S&M going on at the same time. In these places, and unfortunately, a lot of the, a lot of the youngsters, youngsters at these schools end up the same way when they grew up. It says since 2012, 425 people have been accused of sex attacks at UK boarding schools. That's just in the last few years. It's called boarding schools. A secret shame exposure airs on ITV tomorrow. So I guess that's happened. That was on the 18th of February. Be interesting to see that uh, documentary. And of course, they trade all their all their photographs of the boys with other other pervs. Then you have this one here, charity-backed, British-funded charity supported by Meghan Markle faces food for sex scandal after Haiti quake survivors were told by its workers they could either pay for aid or sleep with them for it. Charity World Vision has admitted its workers traded the food and cash for sex. Confession of the charity will dismay supporters, including Meghan Markle herself, blah, 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 blah. And the usual stuff, all the indignant MPs, members of parliament, demand an investigation into the aid industry and suggested World Vision, like Oxfam, might be stripped of bidding for fresh work with DFID. Again, the government dishes all the cash out to these places and keeps the perversion going. It's admitted its workers traded the food and cash for sex with survivors 
<laughs> That's so nice, say. Did you survive? Well, let's have sex now, if you're starving. Survives of the devastating 2010 earthquake on Haiti. It's a global charity, of course, blah, blah, blah. It says here, desperate survivors of the disaster were forced by paid employees of World Vision, which received £17 million from the UK government just last year alone. £17 million. That's just from the government. Or charities doing their best, you know, you know, do-gooders, probably getting paid nothing. That's what you think, eh? And I'll tell you another thing, too. Haiti, as we well know, was so high with AIDS. What kind of characters would, number one, would force them to, to have sex for food? And what kind of pff, idiots would, would even risk contracting or even spreading the disease? Anyway, here's another one. Aid workers traded wheat and medicines and oil for sex with girls as young as 13 years old. Eh? There you go. And made them pose naked for pictures in West Africa scandal. The 2001 report shows officials knew that sex abuse was rife in West Africa a decade before the Oxfam sex scandal in Haiti where workers used prostitutes. It wasn't just prostitutes. So it goes on and on and on. It never ends because... The United Nations alone has had so many um, exposés about themselves using child sex and so on for troops in different parts of the world over the years. They made main, main movies about it. doesn't stop it. Nothing in the system is what they pretended it happens to be. Nothing is. It added in some cases that parents encouraged their daughters to be sexually exploited by aid workers, government officials, UN peacekeepers, Refugee uh, leaders and teachers to bring income into the family It won't shock most folk You can't shock people today You really can't As I say, they're, they're reduced to try and get emotion out of, of people By, by uh, talking about exploiting children and so on Because we're down Anybody else any other age doesn't matter anymore Folk are so jaded and contaminated They don't care And they're almost at this stage They don't care about the children either now There's nothing left to try and shame folk anymore or, or make them stop and think for a minute about consequences. There really is nothing left. You Stop and ask yourself, too, what's this big movement? First, it was all women. Sorry for the actresses and so on, right? Now they've got, they're going into to the, to the, to the charity businesses exploiting people, prostitutes. This is, a, this is a meme here. You know, it's a planned thing way, way above every, anything you, you, you can imagine. And they're trying to get emotions stirred in the people. And it won't be to make you feel, feel bad about something just for the kids' sake of feeling bad. There'll be something else they want out of you down the road. There's always a reason for it. Because the folk at the top don't give a damn about any of us. Not, not in the least. But they milk your emotions. They milk them. They milk your soul. And then you have this article too. Ian Burrell, it says, the aid industry and gullible governments have abused our generosity for far too long after being bloated with cash and drunk on power. How the mighty fall for decades of self-appointed saints, good, good term, of our secular age, bestrode the world, preaching happily to the converted about their good deeds and miraculous impact on the poor. Few dared to criticize them for fear of being branded selfish. Yet now the arrogance of the aid industry lies exposed after revelations about abuses of power and desperate efforts to protect its flows of cash. 
These are sad days for aid workers with genuine desires to do good, but we are seeing a glimpse of the corrupt mentality, dubious morality, and money-driven mindset that plague a sector posing as saviors of the distressed and dispossessed. This has been seen in the harshest clear with the distressing details of sexual abuse and cover-up swirling around Oxfam. This group deserves all the flack it's taking, despite bleating from its beleaguered boss over the intensity of fire. This is an organization that built its brand hyping famine in Cambodia and last month issued a flawed report into global inequality where it hands its United States boss more than half a million dollars a year, placing him in the richest 0.1%. Alas, such hypocrisy is all too common, as I've discovered over a decade investigating the bloated aid sector across the world. Even that mega salary is far from unusual in the poverty industry. Take one small example. It's no surprise to learn that Oxfam's U.S. communications chief takes home more than £210,000 a year. Not bad, eh? Good, good work in charity, isn't it? There are more than 20 public relations officials in the UK branch, but just four dedicated to safeguarding against abuse. For behind a virtuous veneer, many of these huge charities have become self-serving corporate brands that suck up cash from good people wanting to make the world a better place. Assisted by gullible politicians trying to look compassionate. Well, for, for, for the politicians, it's just a show for them. Dishing your cash out to other places. Look at the woman, in, was, it, was it Pratel? The one in Britain, the UK politician, who's elevated for different reasons in that position she's in, not for because of any particular gifts. She was given charge of dishing the, the taxpayers' money out to different places in different countries and for charities and for, for stuff across the planet. And then she was caught in a scandal just recently. I read it at the time about the fact that she was going to see another particular country in her off time and it was to do with politics and money and her hubby was involved in some kind of investment system too. They didn't fire her, they just moved her back into the House of Parliament again. None of them ever get fired these days, do they? You can't really fire them because you see when you've got nothing but crooks running everything today you can't fire one because then it might prompt inquiries into everybody else. And then they'd all have to be, they'd all go. Mind you, we'd be better off maybe if they all left, eh? I think it was Belgium a few years ago had politicians, everywhere on strike. And for, for a few, everything went on as usual. The country didn't fall apart. And no laws were passed during that whole time, so folk were quite happy. There was no tax increases and stuff. Governments are not there to help you. The governments now actually are there to destroy what was left of the people that, that were living there. I, I really think that. I, I don't just think it. There's evidence to show it. <laughs> He talks about uh, the cash that he's getting in this article here. Incredible, incredible money. And the, the politicians all on board with their posing for their PR, their public, their photo shoots and stuff. Or aren't we nice and good, blah, blah, blah. He says, why does a, a failed politician such as David Miliband need £479,000 to run another leading aid outfit? And why does Save the Children International bragging of contracts worth 90... And by the way, Miliband's £479,000 will be from the government too, of taxpayers again. Not bad deal, eh? He can't get elected, so just give him... Well, we'll create a position for him in some, kind of, at some new kind of aid outfit, right? And give him a salary, personal salary of £479,000. There's folk in Britain, you know, and I read them every year, thousands of folk who can't survive in their pensions to pay the heat for their winters dying by the thousands. And this is, this is the, 
I can't even say what I want to call them, these characters. I really can't say it. And they talk about democracy and justice. It says also, why does Save the Children International bragging of contracts, contracts, right, worth £91 million from the Department for International Development? That's the government again. In 2016. Need more than 55 staff at his London base or six-figure salaries. With these people who constantly beg for funds from the grannies and governments and who are often far from the front line, not do these jobs without lining their own pockets a little less. See, if you, today, if you want to get ahead in the world, I can remember years ago, there was a guy who was talking in the States about, he went to see the, the dean of the university, and he says, you know, should I go into law? Or what? And he says, what do you want to do? I want to get lots of money, and I don't want to kill myself making it. He says, become, he says, um, go into government, get into government, or else become a, 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 an evangelist, TV evangelist preacher. And today, of course, it's not like go out and do something good or create a big business and do it all yourself, yada, yada, yada. No, it's, it's literally become an NGO leader, non-governmental organization, and just go and collect all the cash from the taxpayer via the government. You know, Give yourself a massive salary and uh, have a good life. Everything's changed, and the folk don't realize it. Everything has changed long ago. It says, after the successful promotion of an absurd aid target for governments that prioritize spending over need at a time when global poverty has never fallen faster due to capitalism, science and technology, money is flooding into the sector. Two respected academics have calculated that the global poverty gap, the amount need to push the entire global population over the poverty line, is £47 billion. Yet across the world, more than twice this amount is spent annually now on development aid, as they call it. So as surely as uh, nights fall as day, these charities have been joined by a swarm of private operators chasing the swelling tide of cash. And billions are blown each year on vainglorious projects that hinder rather than help development. It goes through again what happened in, in Haiti with... Uh, in 35 seconds, they are shook and killing more than 200,000 people. Billions were pledged in aid, but much of it sat gathering interest in bank accounts or was squandered on staff expenses, while suffering people remained stuck under plastic. And that's true. Local voices were ignored and the United Nations imported cholera. That's true. They killed thousands more people. Ain't that an accident, folks? There are no accidents on that kind of scale. So it goes on and on and on. Quite a good article anyway. But I'm just getting to you that most of the things out there from your governments and your democracies and all this nonsense to your so-called charitable institutions and, of course, the masses of taxes you're, you're getting stolen out of your pay packets every, every week or month. But here they are. Again, here's the media, right? They're trying to say, starting with the meme, getting back to where we started, the meme really that, oh, it's terrible what's happening in Hollywood. Like, it's all new. It's all, is it really all news to us? Is it really how many movies have you seen, and, and more and more in the, in the last 15 to 20 years, where all the old standards and, and regulations of what not to see in movies with all the different gradings and ratings that they had are out the window, and you've seen them your whole darn life. Soft porn, as they call it, basically. Are you really shocked about this? I mean, does it really shock you? Honestly. But this is incredible, this, this organized, managed meme. Right, and then then they go into the aid industry, 
of charity to help victims of lots of things. And look at the, the salaries they're getting too. Does that shock you? No, that doesn't shock you either. What does shock you? Nothing shocks you. If they said they were going to put massive taxes on cable television or, or the internet, that would, that would get you motivated. You'd be complaining then about things, wouldn't you? So let's see the things that are, they're scared to talk about too much. Because it's a big agenda, as I've said before. A big agenda. An agenda that they, they published parts of it in different articles and magazines back in the 70s onwards. With the coming wars, they didn't really mention why they'd be doing mass migrations of people, but now you know. And how it would change the makeup of Europe forever. And how they'd even manage with, with all the different, how in the future terrorism was going to be the warfare that we'd all get used to. Terrorism. Before anybody thought about it, well, why would we all have terror? Well, here you go. Long before. It was all planned. So let's go into this one here. Where folk are scared to say anything, and have been for years, because the politicians don't, don't, don't say anything about that. And, and the horror that's been going on to the folks, say, in Britain and, and, and other parts of Europe. Horror. Absolute horror. Never mind acids in the faces and stuff. Horror. Grooming gangs. Grooming. They were child, grooming children that preyed on 700 vulnerable girls. This is in one, one city, around Newcastle in England. That's 700 girls, vulnerable girls, that groomed to be prostitutes. Young, I mean, really young, like 12, 13 onwards. Gang raping them. And how, how the government had even told, oh, told the cops, stay off, don't, don't go in there, there's so many ethnics involved, we don't want it to cause any blah, blah, blah. You're finished when you can't say what is. Do you understand that? Don't they say in abuse you've got to voice it? That's what they tell them. Voice it. Don't keep it secret. But the governments and the police not were backing off. Because it's a hot potato and they all want their paychecks. So here in Newcastle, 700 girls, at least, at least 700, right? It says, developed an arrogant persistence. This is, this is the gangs. They were arrogant and had arrogant persistence because the authorities locked up the victims rather than the offenders. A serious case review has found they had a special, an actual inquiry into it by... Again, government actually meant to do something, only because the scandal was blown out of, they couldn't keep it under wraps anymore, all these years. Operation Sanctuary, which was launched in 2014, resulted in 112 offenders being jailed for a total of almost 500 years for abuse carried out against more than 270 victims. But a shocking report has revealed that the actual number of those targeted was at least 700, as gangs of men from a range of backgrounds plied victims with drugs before raping and forcing them into prostitution. That's standard. They get them hooked on, on the drugs. They bring in the drugs to these guys, you know, and they get them hooked on the drugs, and then they turn them into prostitution. You still won't get much of an effect from the public now. Oh, well, you know, because everyone's contaminated now through their culture. But getting back to what I'm saying here, this is revealed that the actual number of targets at 700 is gangs of men from a range of backgrounds. According to their view, the abusers were mainly not white, but came from a diverse range of backgrounds, including Pakistani, Bangladeshi, Indian, Iranian, Iraqi, Kurdish, Turkish, Albanian, and Eastern European. In some cases, the victims of the gangs were placed in secure accommodation because of what was seen as their poor behavior, while the offenders were seen to be innocent and went unpunished. Just try not, not to, oh, race relations. Hmm? 
Efforts to find out why the perpetrators thought they could abuse vulnerable women and girls have been rebuffed with only defendants agreeing to, to help the inquiry. One defendant helped the inquiry, but denied any guilt, blaming a government cover-up. And it's interesting what this one guy said. His report ignored the payment of £10,000 by Northumbria police to convicted rapist. As one of these guys I mentioned. As an informant says the payment to the man known as XY was not within its scope. The report authored by retired barrister David Spicer, and I'll put the report up to the PDF that came out from the official investigation. Former chairman of the British Association for the Study and Prevention of Child Abuse and Neglect identifies how the abuse gangs were able to gain a foothold. Well, they brought them in, first of all. The state's perpetrator... These are, crook, these are crooks they brought in. Criminals, you know. It says perpetrators were not consequently investigated or formally interviewed and background checks were not undertaken. Just bring them in, eh? I always think of the old techniques the communists used in Cuba, and they also used it in the French Revolution, and they used it in the Communist Revolution, the Bolshevik Revolution. They opened all the prisons and let them all out to create mayhem. And in Cuba, they even gave them boats to go over to America from the prisons. They start to ring a bell, you know, this is kind of similar here. And it says, so, so they just bring them in, no, no background checks. But again, even when they caught them, they let them, kept letting them go, kept letting them go. And by the way, you can't keep locking so many up. There's got so much crime now in Britain, even with a scooter. They call them scooter or moped bandits, they call them. They're really scooter bandits. Who are going into the high streets in London and different places and, and smashing windows with sledgehammers and plundering the stores. Using machetes. And throwing acid in folks' faces. This is a, becoming a failed state, folks. And they can't put them all in prison because the country's already broke. What's interesting here, the rapist they hired to admit stuff that were getting data, how they were doing it all and so on, he said the same thing. Because he he, he's allowed to be honest about it. He said he was disgusted with the British themselves. He hated the British women, he says, because they were, they were basically had no morals at all. Because the whole country's been under a war agenda for long before they brought the immigrants in to bring down all their culture, to destroy the family and everything else, and, and to hypersexualize everything. Yeah, uh huh. And this guy can say it, that this particular pervert, he could say it. It says that Operation Sanctuary launched in January 2014, so I'll put that one up. But this particular guy that they got to help him, that had complete contempt for the white, the British girls and so on, because of their loose morals, as he said, you know, compared to the Muslim girls, he basically said the, the same thing, that the, the cops wouldn't touch them. Cops wouldn't touch them, they'd let them go and so on. In other words, they knew what they could get away with. Isn't that amazing? But yeah, I mean, they won't get really locked up for it because you, you, you can't afford it. The country's broke. The country's completely broke. Uh, just, I'll put articles up on these moped gangs, as they call them. It's not mopeds, it's essentially scooters. They're all over the UK or Britain, but mainly in, in uh, the southern parts of, around London and so on. They're the worst ones. So I mean, they, have, they have thousands of cases a year now of robberies. And they'll, 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 they'll stop people and drag them out of their cars with knives and stuff and yada, yada, yada. That's a failed state. When you, when, when you cut back on the police as well, at the same time as you're bringing in massive immigration, you're not even checking who, who's who. 
And these young guys knowing they can, they can come in there and, and do what they want because they know darn well the government's telling the cops to look the other way. It reminds me of the movie Eric the Viking, the comedy. The Vikings in the comedy go to the Isle of the Blessed, I think it was called, which was a kind of paradise. Nobody died unless, and nobody would die unless blood was spilled in anger. Well, the inevitable happened with the Vikings being there. And the king and all the, all the crew who lived so long and had a great life were going down as, as the sea rose and rose and rose. They were going down to drown. And the Vikings were trying to get them into the boat to save them. And, and the king said, oh, no, no, we're okay. We've got an inquiry going. We'll sort sorted out in no time. Glub, 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 you see. That's what this reminds me of. It's finished. Pretty well finished, isn't it? You take that, and then you get women now in Britain coming back. Some, some of them are from uh, ISIS groups. They're over to fight with the groups and come back to, to Britain and Europe. I think there's a thousand more expected across Europe, or maybe even in Britain alone, I don't know. But they've got one in Britain that lived there who teamed up with an ISIS guy who came in. She helped to, to I think, she was giving them plans how to build bombs for, for Britain. So it says, you planned an attack on the country where you were seeking asylum. The judge blasts Sudanese lonely heart who plotted ISIS terror carnage with a lover he met on singlemuslims.com. There you go. And he jailed a couple for a total of 26 years. I should mention, too, getting back to what happened in Newcastle, that inquiry with all the 700 children and so on, that the guy that, that uh, they paid the $10,000 to, who, the rapist, to help them in the inquiry, <laughs> he said, in my own country, he says, I would have been beheaded for doing what I'm doing here, or buried up to my neck and stoned to death. And there's Britain, though. They, they don't even lock folk up now. I read about the, the top, I don't know what you call the police chief for the country, it's a name for a commissioner or something for the whole country. And he said that uh, recently, this new guy, he said that uh, his plan was to try and avoid prison at all costs for most people because the country's broke. That's the real reason. He won't tell you that, but that's the real reason behind it. The country's absolutely broke. Can you imagine the cost of putting up thousands of people, more folk that you've, than you've already got, in a country that's already sinking with debt and welfare payments? They can't do it. So now just let them go. Well, who cares about those kids, eh? I, I care about all the, the Hollywood starlets, but let's care about all the stuff we've been talking about. But when it gets to children in Britain and elsewhere, let's not. Who's caring about them, huh? Who, who was caring about them all those years? When, when the police were told to, to turn a blind eye, you don't, don't start disturb the different harmony. There's no harmony between different groups there. There's no harmony at all. Even, even with different groups coming in, they, there's no harmony amongst each other. And then you go into what's happening too. And, <laughs> and that guy, that rapist said too, he had, he had this, uh, they couldn't believe the, the morality or lack of morality of the, the British folk. He has no idea the war they've been on there for years to destroy all kinds of morality. And thanks to the BBC and many other things too, they actually did it for the trash they put on television there for years and years and years. But then there's an article here. When all this is going on, all this is going on, right? Furious parents slam primary school for inviting a drag queen who calls herself Bristol's resident and it's S-G, which is their way of F-something-something-C-K, as you know. And it says a, a drag queen calls herself. It's not her, it's, it's a guy. And a troop of cross-dressers to read stories about tolerance to the children. There's a big movement and it's well-funded across parts of the world now, this organisation. 
Because again, you're living in a massive, massive war to change everything that was, to bring in that which is new, planned, and <laughs> it's not for the best, obviously. So Bristol's Parson Street Primary School welcoming the drag queen story. Uh, it says, tune on March the 1st. So they're going to show on television this thing here. Again, big money behind it. And anybody in the, in the teaching profession who wants to get up the ladder uh, is in on promoting it, obviously. And this is, again, everybody's, everybody prostitutes themselves to get on in life. That's the sad thing about it when it comes to And this, this political correct system we live in. And folk who are looking for bigger, bigger paychecks don't give a darn who they're destroying on the way. They don't care. That's the problem with humanity at the moment. Anyway, they call them performers as they're visiting the schools to read tales about tolerance to the children for World Book Day. They also go into libraries in the States and elsewhere too, same kind of thing. And guys dressed like Cinderella, men dressed like Cinderella. I mean, come on to children. Real young children. And is anybody shocked about this? No one cares about the children. You know some when your governments don't give a darn about your children? And governments are only caring about their own promotions and get up the ladder as they sink their own countries down the tubes because they don't represent the people. They certainly do not. And they know what's happening. And they know it's going to get a lot worse. They don't care. They don't care about the children. And then they're allowing this stuff to be taught in school to children. Taking away their natural defenses to be wary of anything that's weird in their lives. Think about it. And then you have net immigration rises to 244,000 a year and still more than double the PM's target. And then they have uh, the Archbishop of Canterbury saying that Islamic rules are incompatible with British laws, as he just noticed. I'll put up the articles from a few years ago when Tony Blair's, uh, broke his Tony Blair's cabinet. The one-man band that wanted war across the Middle East and dragged Britain into it and who then went off to work afterwards with a position with J.P. Morgan backing him. And they, they also put him in as a kind of front man for this strange organization called the Quartet, that uh, could have been a front really for investments for all we know, and to go oil and gas, etc. It would seem to me that's what it probably was. Because nothing's ever as, as it's portrayed by these characters. These are born liars we're dealing with. People like, like Blair, that literally is a psychopath, sold the country out the, down the river, and there are good articles by one is by the Independent on the man the man who financed Tony Blair's party and got him into power, and Tony eventually rewarded him and by giving making him a oh, a baron or something, that was Lord made him Lord Levi or Levy, uh, which is his nickname was Cash Point. He had so much cash, this guy, and also Gilad Atzman who did a good piece on that too, the, the men, the people behind Blair, or the guy behind Blair with the, the cash, uh, and also the agenda uh, for, they had for Britain. Very interesting pieces, actually. I'll put them up tonight. But he says, Dishonest Blair and Jack Straw accused of secret plan for multicultural UK, and they kept it secret in case the public caught on what was happening and what was planned for them. Quite a few articles on that I'll put up too. And then you even have Diane Abbott, of the Labour Party of Britain saying if they get in, they'll let in more immigrants near Britain if they get into number 10. So it's on the go, eh? On the go. Things will not get better, folks. But let's get off this kick that folk care, folk care about what's been happening in Hollywood or folk care about the children. 
Come on, who is kidding who here? If you cared about the children, you had been vetting who was coming in with all the rapists and gang members who did it back in their own countries. They have a system today. They, can, they, they know everybody across the planet who they are. You can't keep it secret. They know who they're bringing in. And then they let it happen for years. And they, and they, and they let people suffer and get gang raped for years before they do anything about it in one area, only because local folk started a crusade to change it. That's the only reason they got the, the word out. Otherwise, well, don't talk about that. No, don't say anything here. Yada, yada, yada. That's disgusting. So don't, don't, don't pretend you even, most folk don't care. You can't shock folk today. We have been deculturalized. Your morality has been under attack for an awful long time. And your morality came from previous cultures that you had. Your old culture was from, at least, at least from the Christian perspective. With your basic rules of right and wrong, they all came from there. Don't forget it. And when you replace it with so-called humanism, well, well, it's all relative, as they say in humanism. Anything goes. Anything goes. And if, and if some, some pedophile wants to have sex with that wee wee boy there, or that wee girl, that's just their, their preference. What's wrong with that? Etc. Etc. And you slide down into the road of hell. Let's not kid ourselves here. Your politicians know it. But they're on board. They're on board with the war, unfortunately, against you. Hate to go on like this tonight, but that's just the way I feel tonight. It's disgusting what's been happening. Disgusting. And sure, you could spend years going through all the stories of the horror that's been inflicted upon peoples. Deliberately, and it could all have been avoided. Of course it could have. But there are people in the world who want it to happen. Don't ever forget that. From myself, Alan Watchman, to your Canada's good night, and your God or your God's go with you.